Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? All right, here we go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, For he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Y'all are like, where's he going with that? Let me read it one more time. For he himself is our peace. He has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, we um, are honored to come and to worship you today. God, we love um, to create an environment where you can visit with us, where we can worship you. And we just say we are your people. Uh, Fill us, inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, we love you, and you are our hero. And we welcome you, we welcome your word, and I pray, Father, that for every one of us, Lord, as we're hearing the word, that you would speak to every individual, Lord, and that, Lord, you would uh, lead me and fill me with your spirit to share your word. God, that what is in your heart will be imparted today. Uh, We thank you for your word and our ability to trust scripture and what you've said. Now, Lord, teach us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes we have in our lives, Jeremy, will you turn me down a bit? Um, sometimes we have in our lives like an ex- experience where God's word is revealed to us in a fresh way. Um, Andrew and I were in Belfast, Ireland um, a couple weeks ago. And it was the first time I had been to, to Belfast. Actually, I went a little early because Andrew just graduated uh, university and he bought himself a plane ticket and came with me uh, on this trip as kind of a a neat graduation thing between going to, to school and to work for the rest of his life. Um, congratulations. Um, so we're in Belfast, and this, this pastor was driving us around the city. I just met him. And he was telling us the history of Belfast in Northern Ireland and the history of Catholics and Protestants um, killing one another in the streets. This just happened in the late 60s, early 70s, and, and even beyond. Um, And when you drive around, there's these buildings with full sides of the buildings with murals, um, with people's faces and dates and things like that as um, constant reminders and memorials to people who died in this this violence. And um, even today, there is this peace wall that exists in the city. It's this massive wall, and um, there are huge gates along this wall, and even to this day, y'all, in 2022, they closed these gates at night to lessen the opportunity for violence in the city. But I got to tell y'all, if, if you need a wall to keep peace, the peace is not complete. Amen? And, you know, I came home and I was... Um, I actually watched a movie on the plane on the way home called Belfast, and it was actually about that time period and about families caught in the middle of all of this. And I came home, and I was doing my devotions, and I I just opened up the book of Ephesians, and I start reading in Ephesians. And in chapter 2, I read this scripture. And I want to read to you verses 14 through 18, 
And so just as I'm reading it to you, just let it kind of paint a picture in your mind. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll share with you exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. It says, For he himself, it's talking about Jesus, for he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two and thus making peace. Would you say the word peace? Peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came to preach peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Now let me give you the context of what's going on in this scripture. You know, Jesus grew up um, as a Jew. Amen? Like he was as Jewish as they came. I mean, he, a Jew's Jew, a practicing Jew. Like he went to temple and he, you know, he, he did all the practices that a Jewish person would do growing up. And I think sometimes we can forget, like, he was very, very Jewish, right? And he came as the Messiah. And he fulfilled all of these practices that the Jews had been practicing for, for centuries. And each of these practices pointed to Jesus. And he was practicing them and becoming the fulfillment of them all at the same time. Now, for those who believed in Jesus' message, those Jews, they were just taking the next step because everything that they had learned in the law and the prophets and all of that were all pointing to Jesus, and that's what the apostles would preach. They would preach Scripture from the Old Testament and say, it's Jesus, it's, you see, it's Him, like that. And they're, they're making that tie. And they would follow um, the path that God in heaven had been planning for, for just centuries and everything was good for those who were making that decision to just kind of continue on in the next step of their faith, which was Jesus, except for this one little challenge. I say one little challenge. I'm being very facetious here. In Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus is ascending to heaven, he looks at his, his disciples and he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Focusing on that phrase, all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I think in that moment when the disciples, they're there, and Jesus, you know, he's risen from the dead, and he's been spending these, these days with them and hanging out with them, and now Jesus is about to go up into heaven. I think probably what they really remembered that day is he went up into heaven, and he said some really awesome words and gave us authority to do stuff. But I don't know that that day, at least the evidence doesn't seem to, to show that they were really keying in on what he actually said, which was to go to all nations. Because after he went to heaven, they did go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And today's Pentecost Sunday, hallelujah. Um, but they didn't go. As a matter of fact, it would take a lot of effort, controlling, uh, practically manipulation to get folks to go. And I, I wish I had time to like, preach the entire thing to you, but we, that would, we would be here for three hours instead of two. Just kidding. Um, just messing with folks. Um, but this great controversy began to arise in the church 
as Gentile, which means non-Jewish people, were coming into the faith. Because it would happen. They would break through. And the Apostle Paul would begin to share the gospel with Gentiles. And others would share the gospel with these non-Jewish folks. And they would come to faith in Jesus. They'd be like, man, yes, I want the forgiveness of my sins. As a matter of fact, it's people just like you and me. And they're excited and they're coming. But the problem is that it would create a controversy. Because um, they were like, should, should these new people who are coming in practice all of these Jewish customs? Because you all remember, everybody who had been coming to Jesus up to this point, they'd been practicing this stuff for a long time. They saw Jesus practice it. And so here we are, and we've got these non-Jewish people who don't have the history. So like, should they have to do it? And the answer that came back from the apostles in Jerusalem was, no. Like a team sat down and talked about it. They said, should they do it? And they were like, no. As a matter of fact, they came out with a kind of like an edict. They, they wrote it down, and in Acts chapter 15, they said, you know what, the, I think really what we need to tell them is like, don't be sexually immoral, and uh, don't drink blood that, of things that have been sacrificed to idols. It's a pretty short list, right? Sexual immorality, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like a no-brainer. Like, yeah, that's a, probably a good one. Like, don't be sexually immoral. I guess they had a problem with drinking blood sacrificed to, that had been sacrificed to idols because they were living in a culture that was idolatrous. And we know that God wants us to serve him and him alone. So that really made sense. This decision was crazy difficult. It's hard for me to really, just with words this morning, describe to you how hard this was for Jewish believers in general. Because they had a culture that they cherished, and for good reason, amen? Like they had centuries of history to cherish, and they really loved it. Um, they had practices that they had been doing. They'd been growing their children up for years, and faith and these practices were hand in hand. Like it was like it was all in there together. And, you know, every time that they would practice um, a, a feast or they would go to a sacrifice, they were practicing their history and remembering who they were. It was part of their identity, not just part of their faith. And now they were being asked to accept brothers and sisters who didn't honor those traditions, who didn't understand those traditions, who weren't going to practice those decisions and make them part of their family as believers. This was really hard. And I hope, I, I, hope, um, I'm, I hope I'm getting that across because to them it felt like you're just letting them run wild. Like they need to, like, come on, they need to do what we do. They wanted the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, they wanted them to behave like them. Anybody out there ever want people to behave like you? Y'all are like, oh, I see what you just did. But see, like, what are our expectations? How do we expect others to behave, right? Um, I, I don't pretend to understand, like, all the problems in Belfast, Ireland. You know, it was rooted in two groups that both um, had a background where they believed in Jesus but were opposed to each other, this Catholic-Protestant thing. But it really became very political very quick. And, did, and even though it's called Catholic-Protestant, it really, like, I, for example, I asked the pastor, I said, are you, you know, as a Protestant? And he said, I don't call myself Protestant. And I'm like, well, 
technically you are a Protestant, <laughs> like because you're you know because I know how you practice. He goes, no, no, no. What Protestant means here isn't what it means to you, because to us it means a political group. It doesn't mean non-Catholic like it means to you. Oh, he says I call myself Christian. It's like, well, that'll work. <laughs> well. The enemy's tactic in it be starting his faith and then becoming political and things like that, it was a really, it was a wise tactic of the enemy. And I, I don't like giving credit to the enemy because you see, the, the enemy wants to divide. He wants to divide believers from one another. And he wants to divide us from our mission field. He wants to divide believers from one another. One of the re- ways that we tackle that as a church is uh, every Sunday when we're praying for the offering, we pray for another Jesus-believing church, amen? We want their house to be full. We want them to accomplish everything. They may think differently than we do. They may do some things differently, but if they are calling upon Jesus and believe Jesus, we want to root them on. They're on our team, amen? But also the enemy wants to divide us from our mission field. And, you know, in Belfast, the history of division became a barrier for the gospel. Can I say that to you again? The history of division became a barrier for the gospel. And the people who were born Catholic and born Protestant were not always born again. That happens all over the world. People are born Christian, but they never actually have had an encounter with Jesus. I don't say that as like a slur or giving people a hard time or like because I'm mad at them. No, I want them to experience what it is to be born again because you're not born Christian, you're born again Christian. So a lot of conversations in that city can never happen because you're them and I'm this and we can't even talk about religion. We can't talk about faith because we know the division is so deep, we ain't even having the conversation. It's just whether or not we're throwing fists or not. God is so smart because in Belfast, the pastor that he placed there, his name is uh, Jason, Pastor Jason. He's from Dublin, which, all right, so you've got Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, right? Belfast is the, the city up there. In Southern Ireland, which is part of the EU in a different country, Dublin is the capital city there. Well, God is so smart. Because the pastor up in Belfast is from Dublin, a heavy Catholic area. And you can tell even by his accent. And he's pastoring a Christian church. (laughs) God has planted someone who can be a bridge builder in the midst of the cities to tear down walls like the peace wall, right? So here's where I'm going with this. And I'm going to challenge you today. And so I'm just giving you the heads up, but I'm not challenging you to pick on you. I'm challenging you so that we can all think, because my only goal with today's message is that the purpose of Ephesians, which is to tear down walls that would keep us from other believers and keep us from our mission field, that we would see those walls torn down. That is my goal, amen? I have no other agenda but that. When, When I think about what are our walls, the walls that become a barrier to the gospel. I think about, first of all, them, back then, a Jewish believer. What were the walls for them? Well, if I said these words to a Jewish believer back then, they kind of wince a little bit, right? Because if I said these, these following words in context with Gentiles, if I said Sabbath, they go, ah, we don't really do the Sabbath like we do the Sabbath. 
really love the Sabbath. Grew up with the Sabbath. The Bible talks about I love the Sabbath. I wish they did the Sabbath. Feast. Oh, I grew up doing the feast. I really love the feast. And, you know, uh, I really think that they should probably participate in these compulsory uh, feasts that we have every year, like Pentecost and, and, uh, and um, the uh, <coughs> Passover and these, these compulsory ones, like temple worship. Oh, you know, just these words, right, that would cause them to bristle and cause them to go, hmm, you know what I'm talking about? Now, when I think about topics that cause us to bristle and cause us to build walls and cause us to go and think about the topic before we think about the gospel, I think of things like Republican, Democrat, President Trump, President Biden, gun control, homosexuality, transgender, racial justice, abortion, all topics that matter in the world but are below the priority of the gospel. I say those because for all of us, I just hit a hot button. If you know my personality, I'm not huge on picking on people. But there's something that rises up in us, and you know what that is? That can be a wall that's a barrier to what we're called to do. That's my purpose. In ancient history, there was a guy named St. Patrick who was real. Like, you know how we celebrate St. Patrick's Day? By the way, it's a bigger deal in Ireland than here, apparently. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? St. Patrick, so Patrick was a real person. What happened was he was, um, he was born in the 5th century, lived in the 5th and 6th century. He, um, he was captured by Irish pirates and enslaved. And after six years, he was released. And the reason that St. Patrick is so famous and you know, called St. Patrick is he went back to Ireland as a missionary. I don't know about y'all, but I'd be like, no, nah, I'm done with you. <laughs> Once is enough for me. He went back as a missionary, and he started churches across Ireland. What's fascinating is he had a knack for getting churches that, that could share the gospel. And they hadn't had the gospel in Ireland that we know of before this. So he's sharing the gospel with them. And because of his experience with them and the wisdom that God gave them, he was able to get these churches to like take root and grow and, like, and like have an influence in, this, in these communities. And, and he brought the gospel to another culture just like we are called to do. Now, they were his captors. And yet he didn't let it be a barrier. Amen. What's interesting is the churches that he planted would end up starting a movement of monasteries. Now, y'all, when we think about monasteries, we think of monasteries as places that are you know, cloistered and no one can go in and they do weird things and we don't know what's going on. These were very different. These monasteries were put right in the middle of the community and people could come and go. They were Christian. They practiced prayer. They practiced worship. They practiced their different things. And it was open to the community. Anyone in the community could just kind of like wander in. And just kind of hang out and like check what was going on, kind of like here on a Sunday. It's just like a safe place, like people can just kind of wander in and you don't have to do what we do. You don't have to like do all the things. You're just allowed to kind of come in and hang out. And they allowed people to get interested in this Christian way of life and they would learn about the practices, but then they would learn about why they were doing the practices and those kinds of things. And this, this concept raised, came out of it. There's a book about this called The Celtic Way of Evangelism. It was that you could belong before you behaved. Isn't that an interesting thought? You know, for a lot of people, 
the idea of the gospel and God and Jesus, what they're thinking is, I don't know if I want their rules. Don't get me wrong. We have rules in the Word, like God transforms you and you obey Him and things like that. But I would like people to encounter who Jesus is before they encounter His list. You know what I'm talking about? And so it's that concept of you could belong before you behave. And so their monastery didn't have walls, if you will. They did have walls, but you know what I'm talking about. They, like in the, in the realm of their heart, like it was open and porous. And they were trying to reach a people who were considered by people around them to be barbarians. So you want to talk about people who did things differently than you did and did things in offensive ways and had different thoughts and ways of, appreci- of approaching. And the thing is, is the enemy will use all of those things to build walls so that we don't get the gospel through. And they, the reality is, it is the truth about who Jesus is that transforms the hearts and the minds of people. We don't use it as a way to make people like us. We, make it, we, we share the gospel as a way to make people like him. The point of, of the message today that I wanted to share with you is, you know, the enemy wants to create walls between us and the body of Christ. And the enemy wants to create walls of hostility. The enemy wants to create walls between us and our mission field. And I just want to encourage us to be wiser than the enemy's strategy. If there's somebody in your life that you look at and you go, I want you to know today, very sincerely, they are your mission field, not your enemy. The Word of God says in Ephesians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's the fancy way of saying, our struggle is not against people, but it's against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. The reality is, if we can go, and we're going to talk about missions, about underground work that we do in Muslim countries and places that, you know, around the world that we are sharing the gospel with people with different values and different ways of thinking and different approaches, by golly, you could cross a political line to share the gospel. Wherever your political line is. Little secret, you got both in the room, so be careful. (laughs) Do Do you hear the heart of what I'm saying? The heart of what I'm saying is, is the enemy creates walls as a barrier. And what we need to do is be smarter than the enemy and say they're all my mission field and not allow the enemy to create a wall for us. And I want to close with this today. I want you to know that this gospel that we've been talking about, we've been talking about um, more of a structure thing for us and our church and our hearts and, and, how, and people in general. But man, this gospel, did you know the word gospel means good news? That's what it means. It literally means good news. And that good news is that Jesus loves us very much. So much that he would give his life for every single one of us. So much that for your sin, for your neighbor's sin, for the sin that turned you off, for the sin that's gotten you in trouble in life, all of those sins he was willing to take to the cross so that all who would come to him and believe could be born again. I love this scripture in Romans 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. 
It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and that you're saved. I want to tell you today, if you've never had that moment in your life where you said to Jesus, I'm all yours, I just want to encourage you to make today, June 5th, 2022, your day to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart because I promise you he loves you. And if he's tapping on your heart today, you will know it because you will feel it. You'll be like, I need to do something. And if that's you today, if you're online, cry out to Jesus and pray and ask him into your life. Make sure that you go online and let us know. There's a, there's a link on the website, victorychristian.church. You click on next steps and just give us your information because it says that heaven throws a party when somebody gives their life to Jesus and we want to rejoice with you. If you're in this room and you need to give your life to the Lord today, June 5th, 2022, we want to know about it. I don't leave this place today without letting me pray with you because it's the greatest decision that you're ever going to make in your life. The, only, the other thing I want to do, and I'm going to pray for us as we go, is I want to, today's Pentecost Sunday. I've been preaching on the Holy, or teaching on the Holy Spirit uh, in our Sunday morning class. And, um, and uh, if you are here today and you're like, you know, it's Pentecost Sunday, and I'd like a fresh outpouring of the Spirit, or I would like uh, to ask the Lord for the baptism of the Spirit today, even as we close today, I just ask you to come up here in the front and we'll pray with you kind of apart from everybody moving and going and dismissing and things like that because we would just love to pray with you for that, the, 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 the Spirit to be poured out on your life. Amen? Would you stand with me and, and, and pray? Father, we love you today. And Jesus, we thank you, God, for the mission. And Lord, for each of us, you've given us a realm of influence, friends and family and co-workers, places that we go and come from. And Lord, I pray that even as we go over these next days, that as we see people, that we would see our mission and that we would pray about what we're to do, what we're to say, how we're to pray. And God, that you would meet us in those places because Jesus we sincerely want people to know your goodness and who you are. And uh, Lord, I pray for those who lack confidence in what to say. Just give them the sentence to say, the phrase to say, and let your Holy Spirit touch people's lives, Lord God. We love you and we, we make ourselves available to you as a church family. And I do pray that you would give us wisdom. Lord, there are so many topics and things that we are passionate about as individuals. But God, there is one passion that is so much more important than all of our passions. And that is people not going to hell. People knowing who you are, Jesus, and knowing that you love them and that you've called them into a relationship with them. So Lord, we humble our hearts today. We ask you to give us wisdom, strategy, and your heart and your love for others. Let dividing walls, Father, crumble. And may the gospel, Father, come with authority and power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.